Matthew chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 6. We started this series last week called Above All Else. And I don't know about you, but after last week, I was a little challenged. I, I've been finding some, um, some things that need to shift in my thinking, in my thought life, and in my words. Uh, but last week, we saw Jesus speaking to, to, to some people and speaking to us really in verse 31. And he said this, don't worry about these things, saying, it's talking about all the needs that you have. Don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. And then he says this, and this is really the, the kind of the foundational verse of this series. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you Everything you need. And last week, if you haven't listened to, if you didn't watch the message, I encourage you go on YouTube, watch it on demand. But really, what we, this is the foundational stepping stone of this whole series. And really, what, what God is, is speaking to us about is, hey, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that is in front of you. There's a, there's, a whole, there's a whole list of needs that you have, breakthroughs that you have, desires and wants that you have. There's a whole new year ahead of us. In fact, not just a year, but there's a life ahead of us. And there are, there are things that are facing us. And I don't know about you, but there's, there's obstacles that we're all facing, I think, at, at one way or another. There's gaps that we all have in our life, one in one degree or another. And depending on who you are, the gap is large, the gap is small. I don't know, but, but God knows and you know. And he's saying, listen, instead of chasing, instead of worrying, instead of being caught up in how is this going to happen and how is that going to work out and, well, this didn't happen last year or this didn't happen last or, or what, what if the unknown happens again? What if another global catastrophe happens and all my plans get upended and the world turns upside down? How am I going to move forward? And, and Jesus said, don't worry about these things saying, like what's coming out of your mouth? Right Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The proverb says to guard your heart with all diligence because out of it springs the issues of life. And so Jesus is saying, listen, instead of sort of worrying and allowing all these, these thoughts to dominate you, that really these are the kind of thoughts that dominates unbelievers, I, I want you to, 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 to focus and make a determination. We talk about intentionality, being intentional to put God above everything else. Put, put him first. In other words, bring him first. You, you have a, a financial issue, what should you do? You go to God first. You got a marriage issue, what should you do? You go to, you go to God first. You have, a, you, ha, you, have a, you have a health issue, you go to God first. Yeah, I, I know you need to go to the doctors maybe sometimes. And I'm, we're not, I'm not opposed to that at all. I, I went to the doctors with my son, poked my eye. He blinded me for, I mean, I, like he has a sharp, he had a sharp nail. Just Jabbed me right in his two years old, beating his dad up already. Pray for me. Any, any, anyway, you know, but, but before I went to the doctors, guess what I did? I prayed. I said, God, help me, because I can't walk around with the eye patch on for the rest of my life. Like, I don't want to do this. God, I got to preach on Sunday. It's two days away. Like, I, I got to see people. Help me out. What should we do? Like, I asked, what should I do? Do I need to go to the doctors? Because this thing is painful. My eyes not opening up. And, and, and I was like, no, I don't need to go to doctors. And then all of a sudden, some counsel started coming to me through my wife. You need to go to the doctors. Oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. But see, we, we don't always go to God first. We don't always put him above everything else. We just start chasing. You know, we can even assume that this year is going to be just like last year. Because why? Well, not much has shifted. Not much has changed. And so, come on, we just keep flowing the way that we have been and how things work and how things operate. Come on, they'll just, it'll just work out. Anybody ever do that? 
And then you find yourself three quarters of the way through the year and you're wondering what happened to the year. And you're looking at some things and you're saying, well, that didn't happen. And that didn't, why didn't we get breakthrough in that? And, and even right now, you might be saying, like, I, I do seek God, but I don't see everything that I need coming to me. I st- still have the same issue from two years ago, from three years ago, from five. Anybody like that? Maybe you're looking at me like that, shaking your head and just kind of going, you're lying to me right now, man. I've been seeking God. And we all, we all kind of, I think, run into those issues and, and hit those moments where it seems like we are doing the right thing. We are seeking God first. We are putting his agenda first in our life. We're, man, we're, we're, we're on it, especially at the new year, right? Like, I'm going to read my Bible every day. It's day, what is, it's day nine of the new year. And I have read my Bible every single day. Thank you, Jesus. We're not in day 10 yet. Every day I've read my Bible, every, and it's like, yeah, I'm doing it. But then, like, something happens the next day. And all of a sudden, you start falling off some of the things that you said, I'm going to do this year. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm going to pray every day. I'm going to pray every day. And then the kids wake you up, and so now you're, you're not praying in the morning, and then some other stuff got in front of you, and then you didn't. Anybody know what I'm saying? I'm going to exercise. I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to work out every day. Okay. Okay. And so you, you got on it, like day one, right? day two, day three, and then the day four, that exercise, that, that your workout was like half the time that it normally is. <laughs> Right? Oh, I'm not really feeling it. God knows. I'm a little tired. I haven't done this in a while. I'm a little sore, right? And then the next day, and you know, I just need a day of rest. My body needs to rest. It needs recovery. And then the next day, I think I still need a little bit of rest. And then three weeks later, man, I, I was, how have I gained 10 pounds in three weeks instead of losing 10 pounds? Anybody know what I'm talking about? That happens to all of us because we just get a little off track sometimes. Life comes at us. Things start to kind of come in and and, and pollute the waters in a sense. And, and I think what, what the Lord really wants to speak to us in, in this series of, with, above all else is to, to set us up for a fruitful year. Let me just say this, and, and I'm going to unpack this uh, in, in, in a few weeks. We're going we're gonna to do a series on, on this. But I, I really believe that, that the word for our church this year is the word flourish. I, I, every year I go before God and, I, and I'm asking him for myself and for really for our church, any, anything I've led. I'm asking the Lord, what, what are you saying about this year? What, what, are you, what are you proclaiming over us? See, I think every year God has a word for us. Some, some years, it's, it's years of preparation. This is, this is a year to prepare. You better, you got to dig this year. You're going to do a lot of sowing this year. That happened to me a few years. You're just going to do a lot of sowing. One year, I, I was praying, saying, God, what do you want from me this year? What do you have from me this year? And he said, it's going to be a painful year. I said, what? It's not an encouraging word. Oh, but the pain is going to produce something for you. I, oh, okay. But so now this is what you got to do. It's going to be a painful year. And so I don't, I don't always hear, like, the word of, like, makes me smile. Sometimes I'm like, get behind me, Satan, right? Like, sometimes I, I'll say that. And this year, but this year, back in October, I... I was doing my devotions, just spending time with God, and I came across the scripture in Isaiah, and I'll, I'll, I'll break that out sometime in the near future. But I just, heard, I just knew the Lord said that this is a year of flourishing for you and your church. I thought, oh. And then he started saying, so that means you got to do some things. you got to get in position to flourish. And I believe this series, above all else, is really a stepping stone, a position, a, a, pivot, a pivot series a time of pivoting to get us prepared to flourish. You don't, you don't just flourish. 
You have to be intentional with some. If you're going to flourish, that means something was planted. Am I right? I'm not preaching the message yet, but I'm just, I'm, you can tell I've been studying and praying. But, but, but if you're going to flourish, that means that, that something got planted somewhere and something was being watered, something was being cared for and, and, and tended to, and the weeds were being dealt with and things were being trimmed and pruned and all kinds of stuff. And the flourishing doesn't happen when you plant in the end, the vision will speak, right? So in, in the, when it's harvest time, you see the flourishing. Am I, you tracking with me today? Just say it. Say, God wants me to flourish this year. Sometimes we don't speak over our lives enough. God, just say it again. Say, God wants me to flourish this year. Now, and say this. Say, God wants our church to flourish this year. Yeah, let's all speak the same thing. But I want to talk about those moments that you're doing what you are supposed to do. You feel like you're on track, yet the everything you need doesn't come in. The, the breakthrough doesn't come, doesn't happen. And we actually see this happen with Jesus' disciples, and, and Jesus actually gives some, a solution to us. And, but, but this is a reality that it happens with all of us. We're on track, we're moving forward, and we just hit a roadblock. We hit a barrier. There's something, and... I'm doing what I've always done, and it's not working this time. What, what's, what's happening? Well, in Matthew chapter 17, you want to turn there, you can, but it's also going to be on the screens. Matthew chapter 17, we see a, a moment happen here, and, uh, and, and it says this. It says in verse 14, when they came to the crowd, the disciples and Jesus says, when they, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Okay, let me, let me just stop right there for a moment. Get, give you some context here. These disciples that this man is talking about, in Matthew chapter 10, the Bible says that, uh, that, that Jesus gave them power over unclean spirits, in other words, over demonic spirits, to heal the sick, to, to raise the dead, I mean, he gave them the same power that he was operating in, and they were doing it. Like, they were doing what Jesus did, because he gave them the same power, same anointing that he was walking in on earth. And so they were accustomed to this. That's probably why the man went to the disciples and said, hey, can you help my son out? Why? Because, you know, people start to hear. I mean, you, you, you're healing people that are sick. People, you start to get a reputation. And there's this group of disciples that are doing it. And he says, hey, I, he comes to Jesus and he says, I went to your disciples and they couldn't heal my boy. And so Jesus responds like this, you unbelieving and perverse generation. How do you like that? That's, I mean, it doesn't sound as bad. Actually, it does sound as bad as, <laughs> as it does. But it says, you unbelieving and perverse generation. So, so actually right here, Jesus, Jesus actually gives the diagnosis. He, he, he lets them know this is, this is the problem. This is actually why it didn't work. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon. And it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Okay, we're going to stop right there. Now, let me just tell you, this is an encouraging word, okay? Jesus is not saying, I'm leaving you, and he's not saying that to his disciples. But, but they come to this, this place where they can't do what they've been doing. They can't get, get over this, this boundary. They've, they've got this obstacle in front of them. They can't have breakthrough, and, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. 
And Jesus immediately diagnoses the problem, and he says two things. He says, you unbelieving, or other translation says, you faithless, unfaithful, you unbelieving and perverse generation. So he said, there's, there's two issues here. There's, there's a believing issue. You're unbel- there's unbelieving and you're perverse. Other translations would say, t- says like twisted. So this isn't perverse like the kind of perverse, you know, like you're nasty, right? Like, like you got nasty thoughts. It, this is like a, there's, there's a twisting. There's, you're twisted in your thinking. You're not seeing some things right. And really what he's saying here, let me, let me just, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. But, but really he's, he's saying you're, you're unbelieving. In other words, this, this is what he would, he'd be saying here. And I think we have it on the screens. You're unbelieving equals this. Do we have that on the screen there? It equals that you, you are not connected to God. You, you have an issue of connection. See, because, because when, when, when you're unbelieving, that, that, that shows that there's a, there's a disconnection. You're doubting the power that's on you. You're, you're doubt, there's a doubting going on here somewhere. You know, when, when, when I married people, anybody, well, really, this is anybody in any kind of relationship. When a relationship breaks down, so often, one of the biggest issues is trust. There's an there's a, there's a issue of belief. I, I doubt how you think of me. I doubt your words. Maybe it's because of whatever. There, there is some kind of a connection issue when the, when, the, when the unbelieving or the unfaithfulness starts to leak in, in, in your thinking or in actions. Am I right? Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? But in relationship, there, there's, there's a connection issues. But then he doesn't just say that. He doesn't just say you're not connected to God. And then he says this. He says, and you're perverse or twisted. And, he, and here's, what, here's what this is. Easy definition. Too connected to the world. So, so he's saying you, you have a connection issue here. You're, you're one, you're A, you're, you're, you're not connected to God, or at least not the way that you need to be, and you're too connected to the world. You, you're, you've got some things that, that's starting to, to drive your thinking, and maybe it's the issue that's right in front of you. You're too connected to that is too, that's, that's blaring at you. So there's a connection issue. You, you see the problem, you hear the problem, but you don't really see or believe the, the, the source for the solution. So I'll, I'll give you an example of, of good connection issue. At our house, we have our, our cable box, okay? And we have our cable box in a place that is away from the TV. And so I went out and bought this, um, I don't even know what it is, it's like, a, like a, it's not Bluetooth, it's like infrared kind of thing, right? So... I have it hooked up to the cable box, and I have it, another part of it hooked up to my TV. And so I don't have to have my cable box directly on my TV. I can just have my cable box anywhere I want it to be, and it just flows, okay? Technology, I love it. Great connection until I turn the TV on, and sometimes I can hear the audio, but I can't see the video. And I'm like, what is going on? And so I have to go to one of those little boxes every now and then and unplug and plug the HDMI cable back in, and then all of a sudden, I see it and I hear it. There's a, there's a connection issue here. Like, I know it's there. I know it's working, but why isn't it working? I'm clicking, but nothing's happening. Anybody, anybody ever have a connection issue? And that's what Jesus is saying. That you have a connection issue. And so he takes the boy and heals the boy and sends him on his way. And then, and then 
this is what the disciples do. They, 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 don't, they still don't get it, right? I love these. I, anybody relate with the disciples ever? I'm a little dull, a little slow at times too. And so he tells them, you're unbelieving and you're perverse. And then they do this, right? This is smart. Listen, if you ever want, want to just get a little bit clearer, don't ask in public. Do what the disciples did, okay? And, and they did this in verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately. Hey, come here, man. Come here, Jesus. I, I need... I mean, he just finished telling them off in front of everybody, right? So he was like, can, you, can we talk? I don't want to hear it any further. And they asked the question, why could we not cast it out? See, they, they expected for it to work. That's why they asked why we couldn't. Why couldn't we do it? They, they expected, like, like we've done this before. This, this should be what we're able to do. So Jesus said to them, and he tells them again, you, you didn't hear me the first time. Let me say it again. I'm going to say it real slow for you. Because of your unbelief, the issue is connection. You have a connection issue. And he says, and he goes on, and he says, for assuredly, and he breaks it down, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it'll move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, everybody say however. however. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And so, so he tells them your problem is a connection issue, and your solution will be to fix the connection. He says, he says, listen. You, you, you have an issue with unbelieving, and he, and he says, if you have, I'm not asking you to have a massive amount of faith. If you have the faith the size of mustard seed, like if you have just a tiny bit of faith, you can say, what, what did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 6? Don't worry, saying. And then he says, if you have an obstacle like a mountain, if you have a mountain in your life, big obstacle, you can have uh, an op- some of you have have not just a mountain in front of you. You, you, you have a range in front of you. You have, you have a mountain range, and you're just kind of going, well, I would go around the mountain, but I can't even get around the mountain. And Jesus is saying, if you have just a little bit of faith, just a tiny bit. I mean, I don't even know if that's the size of a mustard seed. It's tiny. You can say to the mountain, Go. And it will. So he's saying any obstacle that you have, the impossible, you can speak to it if you have just a little bit of faith and it'll be moved. However, some of these obstacles will only come out with prayer and fasting. Now, let me just uh, give you a super simple definition of prayer and fasting because. You know, we could do a series on types of prayer. I'm not talking about all the different types of prayer, right? There's, there's the spirit warfare prayer, right? There, there's thanksgiving, there's praise, there's, um, there's making your requests known, there's supplication. I mean, there's all kinds. There's intercessory prayer. There's all kinds of prayer. We're not going to talk about that right now, but, but we're just going to talk about what's the simplest definition, I think, for prayer. And it's this. It's connecting to God. Prayer connects us to God. When you come to pray, you're, you're connecting to God. It's like me coming to talk to my wife. I'm coming and I'm speaking and I'm connecting with her. And sometimes I'm talking just to her 
and talking to her about some stuff. And sometimes I'm talking with her about some things. But I'm, I'm connecting. Everybody makes that make sense? We're connecting to God. So he says, he says you, you, you need to get connected to God. And then, he, and then he says fasting, prayer and fasting. And here's what fasting is. Fasting disconnects us from the world. It, see, this is what, one of the things I love about Jesus is he doesn't just give us the, the diagnosis. He doesn't just come in and say, here's your problem. And then we have to go and try to figure it out. Right off the bat, he goes in and he just explains. He says, here's the problem and here's the solution. Here's the solution. So he's saying, you could be in the right place, seemingly doing the right things, but some obstacles and there's some things in life that just take a little bit extra. A little bit extra. And, and what, what I just said, over the next few moments, I, I want to just talk about prayer and fasting. Because uh, th- this is pivotal. Now, most people, most Christians, they know about prayer, right? We, we kind of practice prayer a little bit more. But fasting is probably the, the least known or least practiced discipline that Christians use. And probably because it's the one that no one likes, right? I haven't met anyone that's like, I love to fast. <laughs> No food? <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I hate eating anyway, right? Like, well, well me and you ain't friends then because <laughs> I love to eat. Let me just tell you that. I, I like food a little too much or, or TV or news or social media. Some of you like just don't, hey, don't talk about my, my Instagram, right? But, 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 but there's, there's this fasting. It's, it's disconnecting us. From, from the world. Now, let me, let me just talk about kind of how we're made because we, we need to understand how, what kind of beings we are. We, we're three-part beings. Everybody say, I'm a three-part being. Okay, I'm going to show you this. We're the only part of creation, actually, that's a three-part being, spirit, soul, and body, okay? But, but let, me, let, me, let me show you, so you, show you this. So, so plants, right, vegetation, that, that's a part of creation. That's a, that's a one-part being, body. They have a body, Right? They got all these cells, but they have a body. They don't have a soul. They don't have emotions. I know people would tell you that they have, like, no, 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 that one's sad today. I, okay. But that, that one, it doesn't have no soul. Okay? But those, those, have, those have bodies. They're one-part beings. And then there's animals. Animals have two-part beings. Okay? They're, they're two-part beings. So, so they have a body and a soul. Right? They, they have emotions. Right? You see that dog wag its tail? Right? My, my kids got hit in the face with the with the tail yesterday, I was laughing. I was like, you still want a dog? <laughs> oh, man, they've been messing with some animals this week. I'm like, you still want one? You still want one? No, you don't, do you? I told you, keep that fish. <laughs> keep it in the, in the water where it belongs, right? But, I mean, but animals have emotions, right? You can tell when an animal is mad or angry or sad or happy. I mean, it's just... Is there? They they have a, a soul, and you know, someone asked like, do, "Do all dogs go to heaven?" My kids asked me that. Do, do animals go to heaven? I said, "Well, I don't know about dogs, but I can tell you, cats don't for sure. Like, I, I they they those things. Mm-mm, no, 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 they don't. No, I'm trying to convince them. Like, no, when I grow up, I'm gonna have a cat. And I'm like, well, I'm not coming over your house. Like this. I'm like, I'll come over. You gonna put that cat away though? <laughs> But uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan of cats. Sorry for all you cat lovers out there. Uh, don't hate me. Don't pray for me either on that 
I just, <laughs> in fact, I'm, an, I'm really a no pet kind of guy right now. I say we have kids. Like, that's, my, my kids make enough issues, enough mess. And I had a dog when I was a, when I was a kid. Man, we, okay, side story, this rabbit trail. We was a little German Shepherd, Alaskan Husky mix. Awesome dog, loved it. Bit me constantly, but I loved the dog. But it's probably because I fought it, like I wrestled with it all the time. Anyway, the, like the first day, I was like, uh, I think I was like nine. We got the dog, and you know, it was a little puppy, and it's all squirmy and stuff. And I dropped it right on its head, on cement. It was bad, but it loved me. But it bit me. <laughs> so I don't know if it really loved me. <laughs> but, but it was a cool dog. I loved that dog. I, 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 I loved it. But, but those are animals, right? Animals have, have body and soul, but, but humans... We're three-part beings. We, we, have, we have a body, okay? We have soul, right? You're, you have emotion, you have a will, personality, all that, and, and you have a spirit. Now, now here's, here's what these three parts do. Each part of, of who you are connects you to something, okay? So like your body, for instance, your body connects you to self, Connects, connects you to, to yourself. And, and, and really, how, how does this work? Well, your, your body, you know, you, you can feel the, those things that, that make your body happy by, you know, what you eat, what you don't eat, activities, what you put into your body, what you don't put in your body. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's, it's that body connection, connects you to yourself. And, 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 and then there's, there's your soul, and, and really the, the soul connects you to the external, right? It's, it's, it's to other things. So, so like what you watch, people, TV shows, movies, the things that fill, and make, fill your emotions, right? right? You, you hear people say, I just need to fill my tank, they're, they're talking about their soul, what, what makes them, them kind of happy, what makes them feel fulfilled. Like, I feel good today. Like, like some people, they just, they just need, it amazes me, but they just need a good cry, right? Like, like you talk to somebody, and what's wrong with you? I don't know. I just, I just need to cry. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm going to go watch this show. Why? So that I can cry. Why? Because that fills my tank. Crying fills your tank. Yes, makes me happy. Crying only, only makes me sad. Okay, you like to be sad. No, I like to be happy. No, you like to be sad. And being sad makes you happy. You're a strange one. That's how I, how I see it. Sorry if that's you. <laughs> Didn't have as much coffee this morning, so I'm not as sharp. But, but it's these things that just kind of fill our tank, right? It's... it's but it connects us, and really this connects us probably to the world the most, this, the soul stuff, those conversations, those people. And then there's your spirit, and, and your spirit connects you to God. This is what connects you to God. So Jesus is, is saying you, you have a connection issue. There's, 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 there's too, you're too connected to the world, to something that's external, maybe even too connected and caught up in yourself, and you're not connected to God enough. And, and, and for some things, you, you're, you, you, you can't afford to just have a normal day or a normal life or a normal year. You, you actually have to, have to shift in, in order to, to have breakthrough with some things. You, you, you need to do a little extra. You need, to, you need to shift and reconnect or upgrade your connection. 
to God and do some disconnecting, at, at least for, for a while. You know, when, when um, a couple of years ago, can I, can I be real with you can I, without you judging me too hard? Okay. You know, a couple of years ago when um, things shut down and we were all locked in, locked down or whatever, and we started seeing some crazy stuff on the TV. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I, I'm just going to be very real with you. Like, I, man, my heart got all messed up. I was angry. I was frustrated. I was discouraged. I was sad. I mean, I was, I mean, I was crying. I was, I was crying, and fear and anxiety started trying to come on me on stuff, and and I started getting a little, even a little depressed, a little discouraged. And uh, I didn't like people for for a little while. I was, I was glad that we were locked down. Like I was like, I'm glad we don't have to go to church right now. Because I don't know if I can, like, talk to people right now. And I was, like, I was getting offended by every little thing. And I, I, I noticed that, that I was just intaking a bunch of stuff. Just intaking. And, and I actually was not intaking all of the right stuff. Things started consuming me. I was on social media a whole lot more. I was watching the news a lot more than I normally had. I started, man, anybody experienced some new TV shows during... <laughs> lockdown. I, man, we, we discovered binge watching. Like, hey, you can binge watch. This is, this is great. And then it wasn't so great. But anyway, I, I remember one day I was, I was just sitting and kind of questioning life, everything, right? What is wrong with the world? What is wrong with these people? And I was starting to, like, judge Christians and church. I mean, I was I was off, y'all. I was bad. I probably shouldn't tell you too many details, okay? But I was, I was in a no, no good of a place. And then an article came across, because I was reading the news, and an article came across, and it was talking about the persecution of Christians in another country. And what this country was doing was raiding homes. I mean, it was just, and I started kind of reading this article, and the Holy Spirit, like in that moment, just spoke to me and, and, and just said, there's greater issues going on than how you're feeling. There's eternal significant, there's eternal issues. And he warned me, he said, if you continue to go down this path, you're going to lose. Like, you're going to become disqualified for what I've called you to. And so I just sat there and I said, well, what do I, like, what do I do? Because these are real issues. I'm really frustrated. I'm mad. I don't know who to talk to. I don't, everybody's getting divided. I'm divided, right? Like, I'm, and I just felt like what said, you need to fast. And really, what he was telling me was, you have a connection issue right now. You're, you're twisted. You're perverted in your thoughts. You're, you're thinking about this all wrong because you're so connected to their commentary or to what this says or your feelings, even your past experiences, instead of being connected to me and my word and what I'm speaking. And so I, I went on a fast. That day started said, all right, because I need healing. I, I need a shift. And then, and then I felt like the Lord said, call the whole church to a fast. And so we went on a three-day fast as a church. I didn't tell anybody that I was, I was already on a fast, but I felt like, man, if I'm going through this, I can't imagine what everybody else is going through. We got to fast. Like, I don't, I, we all, I just want to make sure that we're not too connected to the world because the reality is, that, and the Bible talks about this, how the, the devil is called the prince of the air. He, the, the, in the Bible, he's described as the God of this age. It's quiet. 
I know normally I'm trying to be like funny and stuff, but this is one of the, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. This is something that I feel like God's speaking to us. And, and, and so the Bible says that the whole world is under the sway of the evil one. And so just think about this. If we're too connected to things of the world, who is ruling our hearts? Who's ruling our thoughts? Who's ruling our motives? That, that spirit that was leading you, what spirit was that? Like in all reality. There's a connection issue sometimes. And, and so we have to break off and break off out of that so that we can get connected back to the source of all life, to, to, to God. See, the, what, whatever is strongest in you will, will lead you. The, those parts, those, those three parts, whatever part is strongest will lead you. And normally, body and soul, I'm just letting you know, they team up. They like each other. And they don't like spirit. Okay, the Bible says in Galatians that, that, the, that the flesh, or that you could say the body and the soul, is at war, at odds with the spirit. Because they're in two opposite directions. And so whichever is strongest is actually what's going to lead you. So if your soul and your body is what's being fed and the strongest, that's going to that's gonna carry your whole life. But if your spirit is stronger and the strongest, that's actually going to lead you your, your, because your spirit connects with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit of God. And the Bible says that greater is he, the Spirit of God that is in you, than the spirit that's in the world. And so if you're too connected to the spirit and you're not feeding your spirit, allowing your spirit to get connected to God, then your spirit is just weak. I'm not talking, this isn't talking about salvation. If you're saved, you're, you're, you're going to go to heaven. This is talking about what kind of life you're going to live. I, I, I refuse to live a mediocre life. I'm just letting you know. Below my God-given potential. Uh, if God has said this year I'm supposed to flourish, guess what I'm going to do this year? I'm going to flourish, so I'm going to do whatever I have to do. And if God said that this church is going to flourish, guess what? Whether you like it or not, this church is going to flourish. No, I'm serious. We're going to see things that we haven't seen before. We're going to see God show up and do some things that he hasn't done before. I, one of the other things, I, I, I'll just say it. I, I know that the Lord said create an atmosphere for miracles this year. He wants to come in and do the impossible in our lives, in us and through us. But we won't ever get there if our connection issue is, is off. And so can I, can I just give you a few points, and I'm going to let you out of here. I'm not even over my time yet. This is great. I feel like a little bit because I'm not like, I don't know, I feel like a little too serious today. But it happens every now and then. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says this. In fact, Hebrews 11, the writer's talking about um, all of these people. It's, I, I, sometimes this, Hebrews 11 is referred to as the, the hall of faith. Right? It's the chapter of all these people that, that believed God and had faith, and, and, and man, they broke through. I mean, they, the impossible happened in their life, and they didn't even see everything come because some of the things that they were seeing and setting up for was the generations after them. In fact, we, 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 are, we are partaking in their faith. We're, 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 we're fruit of their faith. 
In fact, the, the Bible says, and so he talks about this in, in Hebrews 11, and then he, he continues in verse 1 of chapter 12, and he says, therefore, talking about all these people that have lived by faith, and they're accounted for in the Bible, how would you like for your life, with all your mess-ups, for there to be a, a part in, in God's book that says, this person was a person of faith. Follow their example. I, I, I want to be, be like that. There, and the Bible's not um, going to... Uh, it's not getting added to, so sorry. Like, it's not going to be an extra verse for Matt. Like, I'm sorry, but, but you're in my journal. <laughs> Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Listen, there's a race. It's, it's your life, and it's the year, it's the season, whatever the Lord has in front of you, there is a, there is a race. There's, there's, a, there's a path that God has for you, and he wants you to run it, but he wants you to run it with endurance. In other words, he doesn't want you to just start really well and then sputter out. No, no, he wants you to... I told you last week, I, I, I ran, believe it or not. I, I ran, and I ran good, okay? I was, I was fast. I was, I was decent, okay? But I didn't do the long-distance stuff. And the reason I didn't do long, I'm a sprinter, okay? That's, I'm a sprinter. I'm a, see these legs? These are sprinting legs. These are not, these are not cross-country legs. No, 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 no. No, 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 I got to work for my stride. <laughs> it, 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 anyway, uh, but, but when I would have to run those long-distance, right, to... to I would run long distances. I would do those. I would, I would, I would shift my diet. And I would work out. I would, I would do things beyond the 100 meter or beyond the 200 meter. Why? Because I needed to build up my endurance, my strength, my stamina, my ability to run a little longer, to jump a little bit farther. So actually, in pra- practice was always harder. I don't know. I know people like, like practice, but I never liked practice. Because practice was always harder than the game. But part of the reason that the games and the track meets were always fun was because we worked so hard during the week that the game was like easy. Man, I got more breaks in the game. I I sat more in the game, right? I mean, you you got a two or three hour long practice. You just going, 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 going. What is that doing? It's building up your endurance and you're laying off some, some stuff. Right when you see people getting ready for, for the preseason, the, the the way that they spell preseason is P A I N, pain. Right, they go through all the pain so that when the season comes, they can they can just endure. They can press through, and they can run all the way, and they can win, and not just for that game, but for the whole season, and then the playoffs. And then the championship, and then all the extra stuff that they, I mean, anybody know what I'm talking about? Even if you don't watch sports, you know what I'm talking about. And God is saying, I I want you to be able to run with endurance in such a way that you don't sputter out. You don't grow weary while doing good because there are some uphill moments. Maybe the whole year is uphill. So God wants us to cast off every thing that would weigh us down, that would hold us back, that would drain us or ensnare us. And so three, three points, and I'm going to let you out of here about prayer and fasting. In fact, let me just say this. If you haven't heard yet, we've been talking about it, January 23rd, I'm inviting, calling all of us, God's calling us, I'm inviting you to join me in 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this next week, and, and we're going to get intentional. We're going to talk about about really getting ourselves set and prepared 
Because I, I really believe that God wants, he, God is calling us to encounter and connect with him. He's calling us to, to attach to the power source, to him. He's, that's what he, he's inviting us. And he's saying, I, I want, give me 21 days. Before you really start trying to push, and you, you, I, I want, I, give me 21 days and, and I'm going to show you some things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this year, even if the world turns upside down, you're going to flourish. Give me that time. So number one about prayer, Jesus wants us to fast. Some people think like we don't have to fast. Actually, Jesus wants us to. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 14, it says this, Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? So his disciples weren't fasting when he was here on earth. But then he says this, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and what? And then they will fast. When I'm not here on earth anymore, then my followers, my disciples, that's when they're going to be fasting. It doesn't say then they'll have the option to fast. He says then they will fast. He, he, he's in, he endorsed fasting. right? Fasting should be number two. Fasting should be a part of our lifestyle. Fasting should be a part of our lifestyle. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty seven. Paul speaking. Man, I love Paul. Like every time I start feeling like bad or like like I've got it so hard, and I re- I read him. I'm like I'm good. He he says in weariness, and I mean he's talking about his ministry and his life, like how he operated, how he lived. Right? He says in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst. This this is a rough life to try to help people. Meet Jesus and, and help them live the life that they were called to live. He's in fasting is often, in cold and nakedness. And he just, just listens to all this stuff. And in the midst of even pain and hard moments and hard times, he says, and in fastings often. In other words, this is just a part of the lifestyle as a believer. I, I fasted often. Didn't even say why. What, what is he doing? He's got all this stuff going on. Guess what? I need to disconnect from some things. Because if I, if I keep my eyes fixed on all this... this it can be discouraging. It can cause me to want to give up. It's easier not to press through. It's always easier. In fact, Jesus said, and I'm not going to read the whole verse, the whole verse, but in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse, verses 5 and 16, he says, he says, when you pray, when you fast, and then he starts giving instruction. He doesn't say if. Hey, if you know what? If it works out for you, You know, like if the playoffs aren't on during that time, if your team's not in, right, or if there's no birthdays around or no holiday around, right, it, it just, just fit it right. I mean, can we split up the 21 days? Can we do, like, two here, five over there, and then, like, one, like, next year? And then, like, I'll just do 21 days over the next 10 years. Like, can we do that, right? Everybody know what I'm talking about? Like, because it's never convenient. And so Jesus says, when you do, and he, and he really starts talking about don't try to parade yourself around, like to prove, like, look, everybody, look how spiritual I am. Like, he's, I don't know why I just, why I keep going to these, like, southern accents. Hey, look, everybody. <laughs> that's not even southern. Right? That's, that's, just, that's just goofy right there, isn't it? It's my goofy accent. All right, number three, direction should be determined with prayer and fasting. Direction should be determined with prayer and fasting. 
if you're, if you're going to make a shift, if you're, if you're trying to move in some, some areas of life, if you're going to make some, some decisions, especially those big ones, you should do it with prayer and fasting. Don't lean on your own understanding, on your own self. See, because sometimes we can be watching something or you hear about something or somebody says like, well, over there, the, 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 the housing market is like this. And then you move over there and then the housing market shifts. Yeah. Well, I thought it was going to be easier to buy a house over there. But I, I, I remember this last year, you know, we, I've shared this story. We, we, bought it, we bought our house, our first house. First time we felt like the Lord said, go on and do it. Take root where you are. Like, this is where I got you for a long time, so, so buy a house. And we were so excited, and then we started talking to real estate agents like, yeah, this is the worst time to try and buy a house. <laughs> you couldn't do it like, God, what's going on? And we, over the, for the course of four months, we probably, we probably went on about three fasts, right? About, probably about three fasts, needing to, to disconnect ourselves. But before that, I took some time away to pray and fast and say, God, what are you saying about this year? What, what do you say? Are, are you saying that this is the time to buy a house or are you saying no? And he was so clear, it's time. And then he said, it, this is what he said, he said, it's gonna be painful. It's gonna be hard. And he started warning me, but he told us, this is how you need to posture yourself and this is what you need to do. And we followed his direction. In, in, in Acts chapter 13, and I'm almost done, I promise. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, while they were worshiping the Lord, what is that? That's, that's praying. That worship is a part of prayer. They're connecting to God. While they're worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, in a time of being connected to God and disconnecting from some other things, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. I, let, me, let me say this. Every decision, those moves that you make should be bathed in prayer and fasting. I want you to see what they did. As they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said they received instruction. And then they prayed and fasted some more before they sent them out. You know, you know what I, I think they were, they were wanting to do? God, God has something, something on your life, and he wants you to do something great, Paul and Barnabas. He, he has a new assignment. He has something for you. But if you just step out and go after it, there are going to be some things that come your way that's going to cause you to doubt. It's going to be hard. I mean, you got, there's some obstacles that are, that are going to hit you that will make you want to quit. And so we want to, we got to send you out bathed in a, in a great connection. we got to send you out connected like never before. To God. God has some amazing things for you this year. I'm not just saying like peace and, and it's a lie. No, I'm telling you, God has, God has some amazing things for you this year. And it doesn't mean it's all going to be easy. But, but he, he's, and he's, he's saying to us, but I, I need you to be connected like never before. I need you to make a decision that above all else, you're, you're going to prioritize being connected to me. See, and, and here's why. Because it's all about the connection. It, it's not even about the stuff. He already knows that you have need of it. 
God just, God wants us. It, I relate, it's all, it's about connecting. This life, it's about the journey with God. It's not about the stuff. I, I've told God many times, I don't want the promised land if I don't have you. Like, if you're not going, God, like, I don't want it. I would, I would rather just be jacked up and lacking a bunch of stuff but have you than have a bunch of stuff and I don't have you. What good is it? Jesus said it. What good is it if a man gains the whole world but in the end he loses his soul? I want us to stand up. I want us to respond to God because I think he's speaking to all of us. I think he's speaking. I can tell by the quietness in the room. I, but but I, I don't know what he's saying to you. I, I just, I, I, believe he's, I believe he's saying it's time, it's time to take the next step and, and fix your connection. Coming out of the holidays, right? Some of us are still maybe eating some, or still in baking mode. I don't know. <laughs> And, and, I mean, this stuff's just consuming us, right? You get into some modes, and the, and the Lord just says, okay, it's time for you to shift, and I need you to shift on your connection. I need you to, 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 to fix your connection because I want to speak to you. I want to show you some things, but I want to get last year out of you, and I want to get the last season out of you because there's something new, something fresh that I have for you, and so, so let's connect. Let's shift. So I want us to just take a, a few moments and and, and really just say this, say, ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? What, where do I need to disconnect from? And how do I need to connect to you? Maybe it's, I need to, I need to read, read my Bible more. Not even in your word. I need, I need to read, because that's you speaking. I need, to, I need to pray more. I need to just sit with you more. But what is he saying to you? Maybe for some of you or, or someone here today, maybe your connection issue is you're not connected, period, to God. Maybe for you, 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 you could say, I, I've never even given my life to Jesus. I've never even made him Lord of my life. I may be come, come to church, but I've never actually made Jesus Lord of my life. Or maybe I, I have, but I have not been living like it. I haven't been, been in relation. I have not been connected to him, but I need to recommit. I need to re, re-link up, re-commit re, re my life to Jesus fresh, make him Lord. That's the first step to connection. You can't connect to him properly without doing that first. And, and if that's you today, all, all you have to do, the Bible says, is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that, he's, that he came down and died for your sins and he rose again. And you'll be saved. And I, I want us all to, to, to just respond to what God is saying. You know, like the psalmist said in, in Psalm 27, he said, you said, seek my face, Lord, I, I will seek. Seek my face, Lord. You said, seek my face. And so, Lord, I, I'm going to seek your face. In Hebrews, it says, it says that anyone that comes to God needs to know two things, that he's real and that he rewards those who diligently or earnestly or passionately seeks him. There is a reward but you need to know it. You need to, you need to believe it. And so, God, we, we, uh, 
where we hear you speaking. Come on, if you, if you, if you hear him speaking, you just say, I hear you speaking today. I hear you speaking. Lord, I'm, I'm responding. And God, I'm saying this as the pastor of this church, that we are responding to you. Lord, you said to fix the connection to, to above all else, seek you and, and put you at the center and at the forefront of our life. And, and if we would do that, Lord, you'd cause everything that we need to come in. And, and if, we would, if we would press in and, and pray and fast, even mountains would be moved in our life. Mountains that have been stuck for generations maybe even can be moved. And so we respond and we say, yes, Lord. You said, seek my face and your face we will seek. So, Lord, I, I, I pray, I ask that you, I'm just going to pray for you. I pray, God, that in the next couple of weeks that, that you speak to every person, Lord, listening and watching or here right now and begin to stir, I ask you, stir our hearts and, and put a yearning in us for more of you, God. And, Lord, that you would begin, I ask that you begin to, to show us where our connection issues are, Lord, what we need to put down for a little season here so that we can up our connection with you. And, God, I pray that as, as we do, as we connect, even as we begin to set our face to connect with you, that we would begin to hear you and begin to even see things falling off, God. I pray for strength and grace upon all these people. <laughs> We commit this year to you, just like we did last week, God. We just continue to commit it to you. In Jesus' name, come on, everybody said amen today. 